We're. How can we be serious after the intro on Carnival of Randomness? I don't know. Carnival of Randomness. But very thrilled today to have is you know guest host Greg is somewhere in the ether. Maybe you'll. Greg, up. where are you? <laughs> but our music expert and he makes a mean eggplant parm. Ken. Good morning, everybody. Can you please introduce your other people in the studio. Okay, good morning. I am Ken Colombo from Rochester, New York. Thank you very much. With us today, joining us in the studio, we have, once again, from Rome, Italy, we have Margherita Rizzuti is here. And we also have new to the show today from, ready for this, drum roll, please, from Brazil, from Florianopolis. Hello. We have Fernanda <laughs> Nunes. Hi. There we go. Usual a uh, map of uh, adverse Americans. That's not near Toronto. It's no, down no, yeah, well. that's. <laughs> We're very thrilled. We're musical explorers on this show, and I always like to, uh, and we always like to say, "Come on, try something new. Try something different." And. With the new and, and different today, we with have... With new and different, we have, we're very thrilled to have... I was going to get there, Ken. <laughs> okay, what are you doing? I'm trying to be dramatic. We're very thrilled to have Alyssa Rodriguez in the studio today. Alyssa! Hi, Alyssa. Hello! <laughs> now, you don't get asked about your instrument much, do you? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but what brought you to... I always say, instruments find people. How did the nickel harper find you? Yes, that is a, a, a very interesting story, in fact. It's a very lengthy story. That's not very hey. direct. Hey. Um, Sorry. I like dramatic entrances. Hey. <laughs> and Ken's all crying. You like getting all teary for me, Ken? Yeah. <laughs> we'll go into Go on, so Come on Alyssa. We're going to break you of your habit. <laughs> I had no gas in my car. Let me tell you my sad, sad story, folks. No. <laughs> this is why it's Carnival of Randomness. There shouldn't be any more interruptions. It's only 1130 first. <laughs> you two can shoot. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. No, we're good. You put it wherever you want to put it. Now are we going to start? Are we going to start no, again? No, we keep going. We're just going to edit all this out? Of uh, it did go closer. Hey, I'm okay, sorry. Don't I know. Talk loud when you talk. Okay. Yeah. But before, there's a deep purple, and so before we were so rudely interrupted, uh, Alyssa, mm. how did the nickel harpo find you? That's not usually the instrument uh, <laughs> you hear about. What do you play? Uh, nickel harpo. <laughs> yeah, I always say it's really, really tricky to describe my instrument, but um, I found it because I got really into Scandinavian folk music because I lived in Ithaca, New York for my undergrad, um, and I came across Lori Hart, who's a Scandinavian expert fiddle player in Ithaca, and she plays nickel harp. I saw her at Porch Fest and went, huh, that's a cool instrument, but didn't really do anything with it for a few years, but I did start learning that music on the fiddle, Swedish music on the fiddle. And eventually that led me to the nickel harpa. Can you enlighten me on a, what a nickel harpa is? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, it's an instrument I will play later in the show. I it's, expect uh, a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but it's um, it's Sweden's national folk instrument. It's a stringed instrument with 42 keys oh. instead of like a fretboard or fingerboard. Um, and it has 16 strings, so it sounds like you're playing in a concert hall at all times. So it's a very resonant instrument. It's the range of a viola, but you're often playing violin repertoire. Oh, wow. Size of a tiny cello. So I always say it's a violin, viola, cello meets piano 
me tarp. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it yeah, is, many things. It's a key. Wow. No, you said no. You said actually last night. I could see looking at it when you played last night. I can get that it's like sort of classified as a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it has keys laid out that you play on and if you look at the keys some of them are marked with gold and some of them are are not painted and those are like your black and white keys on the piano it has the same playing technique as a piano in that you stretch out your hand to play the notes um and nickel means key in swedish so it is the keyed instrument harpa is like a generic word that. Do you know, like, what is the history of this? I mean, you mentioned who invented it. How, how old is this? This this is my area of expertise, so thank I will you. give you the shortened, you the shortened version. <laughs> it's not part of, like, a zither-type family, is it? Or? No, it's not a zither-type family. That's a different instrument, which I'll talk about later, from Finland, uh, the Kantele. Oh, okay. But um, the nickel harpa is, I always say, pre-fingerboard technology. Because you look at this thing and you're like, why would anyone put so much wood into one instrument? So mm-hmm. much wood. <laughs> you got wooden dowels, wooden keys, huge mm-hmm. wooden like sound box for the body of the instrument. And this instrument goes back to medieval times, back uh, when the violin had, you know, it was like the predecessor of the violin. And it actually developed alongside the hurdy-gurdy so is pre nickel harpa hurdy gurdy and pre violin and they all kind of branched out. So the closest relative is actually the hurdy gurdy to the nickel harpa. They have like the same kind of keyed structure. That wow. Yeah, I just can't imagine. Here comes the hurdy gurdy girl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad. That's, that's, what in the heck, you guys? Donovan. That's Donovan, hurdy gurdy man. Yeah, hurdy-gurdy. And you know yeah. what? I think. Uh, <laughs> I think I think on that song, I think I'm not sure, but I think John Bonham is yeah yeah there's drums on that because it was all session players. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. We do okay. that. We digress a lot. I, th- I think it's the point of the show. Yes, <laughs> so you figured that out already. Oh yeah. And I just was thinking about this like coming over here too. Just the, the creativity oh. of the person. What was his name? Who invented it? Do you know? You know, obviously. Oh yes. Well. He didn't so much invent None it as perfect it and get all of the credit. <laughs> it actually that's was, usual, that's usual usually how it works. Course. But yeah, Eric Salstrom uh, was the actually a radio host and many other things um, who popularized the nickel harpa. He kind of put the finishing touches on it. It was really him and his friend Augustin Bolin who uh, decided that this predecessors of the nickel harpa called the uh, silver bass harpa they just really wanted to play with the violins at the jam sessions but they didn't have all the keys so they said let's add more keys <laughs> what was the year that this was all put together 1930s because i looked at it in depth and there's a ton of technology in that instrument <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah again there is a ton yeah it's Typically, these days, uh, the people who are nickel harpa makers are like former engineers who yeah. retire to make these instruments because you have to be really precise to get all of these keys to fit. You'll you'll see later. <laughs> what was the need that? Uh, what, what need was filled from? I mean, there must have been some reason why they wanted to make this thing. Why was there some well, gap in instruments or something, or they wanted more of something or something well, this more instrument, affordable or what? Well, this instrument is. Again, pre, like, again, fingerboard technology. So this is just like a different, like, alt- this is the violin of the alternate universe. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so th- it's cool. it's just a continued line that kind of um, developed in uh, 
tangent to the violin. So it fit a need in that it was another idea that just kept developing. It started out with actually only one row and it could only play in one key, so it was oh, wow. diatonic. And it was a dance instrument. Like a mode. <laughs> Yeah, it it had like one one yeah mode I guess, mode. and um, <laughs> it was a dance instrument, and this was just what they had in this region of Sweden. And so, because violin is an Italian instrument, right? Um, <laughs> technically, so yes, you have a question. Uh, you know, what is the tuning? What is the tuning of the of the nickel harp yeah. or the really old one? <laughs> Either or. How did they? Because the old one, there's only speculation because it's so old, but. Uh, the nickel harpa is a C-based instrument, and in traditionally it has two Cs. You have a C drone on the bottom, which is the same as your viola, C, then a G, and then a C. So if it was a viola, that would be a D, but instead we have a fourth between those two strings, so it's tuned down to a C, then open A. So same strings as a viola, but you just tune the D down to C. But it does primarily drone. Is that, is, would that be the note? Previously... The really old instruments back in the day were drone instruments, so they could play loud enough because they didn't have the resonant yeah, right, technology. Right, 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 right. But now, n now it's like a melody instrument. Yeah, you can create drones, mm -hmm. and I'm sure Rob heard that last night a lot because you have that open string C. You can play any C melody with a drone. Sounds great. Um, oh. But the previous instruments were more like, like you had a button and it would make a chord, kind of like an auto harp kind of thing. Right. So I was gonna say it, it kind of changed like to be. It is a chromatic instrument. It's called the chromatic nickel harpa. So it developed to, to compete with accordions. Is actually what happened. Oh, for heaven's sake! I know accordions came out, and and suddenly the melodies changed, and suddenly uh, nickel harpas just couldn't play all the notes, so they added more keys. But you've got <laughs> completely different methods of producing sound between an accordion and a, a nickel harpa. Mm -hmm, but they're both considered folk instruments, oh. so the accordion was brought over. I didn't know that about the accordion. No, I didn't. it was a folk instrument. Uh, yeah, because they were really cheap to make. I, I'm assuming it's similar in Sweden. I, I just came back from Finland and took a history of folk music course there mm -hmm. at Sibelius Academy. And I thought it was really interesting that accordions in Finland were brought over from Russia when they were ruled by Russia <laughs> in the 19th century. So that completely changed the scene again in Finland. Previously, the violin had come like 100 years ago, and they didn't have any violins before that. So every time a new instrument comes, like the music and technology changes to go with that. Excellent. I have another question. Pick me. Pick uh, me. You. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so now has has the instrument met 2022? And by that I mean, have you ever taken the nickel harp and run it through a series of pedals or treatments or like we see do the guitar players doing? That kind of thing? I haven't, but there are electric nickel harpas. I know a friend who has one. I think that's great. It has like the hollow body, just like an yeah, electric yeah, violin yeah, or guitar. Yeah, yeah. And it's like just the keys, no resonator strings. Uh, but yes, you could do that. I just haven't done that yet, but I, have, I plan wow. to. It would be kind of yeah, kind of cool. I don't even know. Is there really like sort of a concise definition of folk music? Because like Louis Armstrong said, everything's folk music. Oh, it's basically. from people, and people right. are folk, it's so I guess more yeah. Lay down. <laughs> right. we, can, we can get into a deep conversation about this. this no, is, go ahead. This is, no, this is just the running joke of my time at Sibelius. Is the students would always ask. Are we going to have another conversation about what is folk music? Because you can ju it just the conversation never ends. Because when you think of folk music from an American standpoint, you think of like Bob Dylan and right. singer-songwriters. Right. But then 
there's also the side of folk music that's like traditional music that's right. like has some kind of like cultural nationalistic kind. it could go on forever well, like but folk music is the, of the people the lute yeah. and all that oh, other stuff yeah. the back of banging well, on friends drums of mine, friends of mine played scarborough fair at the the little recently and i was talking to car afterwards and she said car's story and she said that i'd worry about how i play and i said don't worry about it. this song's been around for centuries yeah. You think it's played played the same, and I would love to see like from the first version how the original from this. It's almost like if I tell you something, I tell you something. By the time it gets to the it's end, changed. it's completely yeah. different. Yeah, so don't worry. She's how do you play precise? We don't even know what is precise to it. Like, what do you want to go back to like the sixteen hundreds? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the beautiful thing about folk music is I feel like there's so much flexibility compared to like someone coming from a classical tradition where things are written down and this right. is the composition this is how it goes and it's often really difficult as an educator to teach that folk music is flexible what you see on the page is just one version of hundreds if not thousands because every player who plays folk music is going to make it their own in some way there's going to be these telephone variations and that's part of there's the even, game there's even like the story that green sleeves is the hood of the myth maybe that henry the eighth wrote it what <laughs> there is look it up there's like yeah, is that right which you can look it up. They don't know though. Who knows who wrote it though? It's like yeah. Well, it's that's the thing. It's like anonymous. Everybody and knows traditional wrote it. Yeah, traditional wrote it. Yeah. That's what it says on every. That's what it says on every page. Yeah. I have, I have a question for since we're talking about this. I have a question for for uh, for Fernanda. In in your hometown, are you, um, were you when you were raised? You know, coming. Did, did your parents play any? Traditional, no, 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 traditional music in the house, any... Yeah, Brazilian Yeah, yes. what kind of things did you listen to? Um, I listen to a lot of international music, but Brazilian songs I listen more like when I go out with friends, like funks, it's like teenage music. Uh-huh. Yeah. And but uh, not so much of the old, old style? Sometimes, yeah. Like, you know... Mamonas Assassinas is a very famous band in Brazil that they died now, like old. Yeah. What's the name of the band again? Mamonas Assassinas. Mamonas Assassinas? Yeah. I have the very famous song too, like Garota de Panema. You know. I miss that one too. Oh, the girl yeah. from Ipanema. Yeah. I'm so. She was saying that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know her name in English. Oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. The Boston over Bradley brothers to play that one. I know. I know. I didn't know. Long and tall and up and yonder. Yes. This Girl one. from me, Panema goes walking. Oh, everybody sing. Not Thank so. you, Maestro. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I know the Portuguese version. <laughs> That's my song. Wait, oh, wait. Yeah. Let's hear. There's you like, know the words? Yeah. You do? Ooh. No, no, not the whole. Portuguese. A little bit of No, and olha que coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça. Andy, something like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So. You were raised with some of the... As yeah. a child, you did get some of the... Yes, yes. Okay, that's good. Well, did your parents play instruments? My dad knows how to play guitar. See? And it's like a lot of... Like, he really likes music. So, like, he never had classes to learn. You didn't. But he listened a lot, so he knows... Like, he, he learned by himself how to play a little of, like, self, guitar. Self-taught. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Very good. How about mom? No, my mom doesn't have the talent. <laughs> she, she plays the radio. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do too. She pays the Apple Music. The Apple Music. No, but Alyssa, what did you start off playing? I don't think you started off playing this, did you? What was your first instrument? I still play violin. People always ask me how long I've played violin. Now I can say, well, 20 years, my whole wow. life. Wow. <laughs> and there's also, what's the big nickel harp? You mentioned it last night a lot. The, the big nickel harper group now in Sweden? Oh, it's not, this is not, not now. This is like at least 30 okay, years 30 old. years ago, I Vessin, everybody knows Vessin. That's the one. I mean, they're still touring, but as a duo now. Um, they were a trio for many, many years. I mean, the oldest albums I see on Spotify, which may not be even their oldest albums, are from like 1992. So, I mean, how many years is that? That's like about 30, right? Exactly 30. 30 now. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Wow. Oh, so, jeez. I'm right. sure they've been they've been active Edit. before then, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking. That's a long time ago. It yeah. is a long time ago. <laughs> Thirty years. Well, that a blows me away. You know, it's like I've got teenagers back in the house again, and then you start to look at the years of like, holy crow! And the time has just marched by. It's mm-hmm. been a little bit disheveling. And if you put out this album, Chicory, which is really good. Oh, <laughs> thanks. But and I've noticed it's also obviously the Nickel Harper is pop- popular in waltzes. Oh gone, yes, I was playing a lot of waltzes, waltzes last here. night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not just popular in waltzes. I just like waltzes, <laughs> so okay. I know so a lot of them. So then you make it popular in waltzes. I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would a set? What would a set of tunes be? And forgive me, I haven't been out in a while. I haven't seen you perform in a while. <sighs> Which you know, shame on me for sure. Especially, and I talked to Rob about this. I would have loved to have gone last night, knowing that you were also with. Um, it was kind of a last-minute advertisement. Yeah. So it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what would a set list consist of for you? Would they be all, all traditional or any thing yeah. covers? Any covers that uh, um, modern-day kind of things? Yeah, the Define cover and Define Modern Day. Yeah. I, I did, for Fringe, play one uh, tune that's traditionally from Norway, but I play it after a certain uh, player, Amelia Amper, who's an amazing nickel harpist from Sweden. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting her and taking a lesson with her. Um, but she has a great album that's called Magic Bird, Trollfoglen, I believe is how you say it, in Swedish. And I played Magic Bird um, as the close to my set because it's a really cool Norwegian tune, actually. Um, and as Scandinavian musician, I can hear the Norwegian dance that they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take a, a left turn here. Now, you have mentioned Scandinavian, Finland, and Sweden, and so on and so forth. Some people would be... Some people would be named like francophiles folks that are enamored with france and so on and all things mm-hmm. french and so on and so forth <laughs> are you like really uh have a, an affinity for the area in sweden yes. and scandinavia i don't know the word for that but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's there has to be like what like a, a nord head a nordic head, a nord head? <laughs> <laughs> come up with a word for Scandinavian. Yeah, I don't know what the Scandinavia version of that. A Findophile. Well, that would just be specifically Finland. I like all the Nordic countries. One of the funniest like stories I have from there was when I was in Helsinki. And I was in Helsinki, I don't even want to say it now, 1990. (laughs) 30 years ago. But you get at the airport in Helsinki. This was like in January, and the first time I've ever seen it, they had like flamethrowers to clear off the... Wow. The ice? Yeah. Really? Oh, they changed that. But they were having Mm -hmm. a big debate about the country of Santa. Was it Sweden or Finland? Country of Santa? Yeah, they were saying home Uh, of Santa Claus, and Sweden was saying they were the home of Santa Claus. Oh, my God. We must fight about Uh, something. That's the cool thing, I suppose. It is a huge part of their tourism. The funny thing is, 
Lapland, which is the Lapland, region you're talking yeah. of, um, actually goes across three countries. So, or maybe actually it might even go into Russia because it is home of the indigenous Sami people. So it really belongs to nobody. But, <laughs> but everybody wants to claim Santa Claus. Well, it's a beautiful <laughs> sight just from the airport, though, too, because you look out, it's perfect winter scene, and you go, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> no, this is in Helsinki, right? Yes, You're talking about Yeah, well... And I love, like, the whole hotel we stayed in because my professor, very into European history, and he made sure we stayed. We didn't stay, like, in a Holiday Inn or anything. We huh. stayed in a very traditional hotel that has, like, the spiral staircases. Ooh. And it was really... Must have had a sauna, too. Yep. <laughs> it was funny, as you guys are talking about this, I'm remembering as a kid, back in grammar school, we used to have these two folks come in. Uh, they were the Buttons. Their last name was Ben and... Ken and Bertie Button. And they were travel people. I mean, they were probably retired, but they traveled all over the place. And they would do these wonderful films, and then they would go to the schools after they had done all their traveling, and they would do travelogues. Hmm. Here we are in Finland, here we are. And you, you had mentioned Lapland a few minutes ago. I can vividly remember them showing the pictures of the reindeer and the, the Laplanders with the head, the, those headgear that they would have and the natural, the, the, yeah, the that's costumes. Yeah, that's a traditional Sami yeah, yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's absolutely still uh, still in my memory about, they would go to, um, what is it, the country with the tulips, Dutch. Uh, Amsterdam. Right, Holland, Holland. Holland. And they had all the tulips photographed and so on. And this is when kids... You didn't go on vacations like that back then. What yeah. I always just didn't like yeah. either is like when you would see tourists. I'm not a tourist. I like to be off-road. But you would see people like in Helsinki, okay, you're in this beautiful city. I admit I had hair then. It froze when I went outside. It was like minus 12. <laughs> but what do they do? I try to look, find traditional things. They go to Pizza Hut and McDonald's. Right. Yeah. In Russia, there's a long line around the block to go to McDonald's. Not anymore. Oh my God! When the KFC opened in Helsinki, it was a riot. There's a one KFC that opened this past spring, and like people were waiting for hours. Can to you get believe the KFC. that? Well, you yeah. realize that's a novelty though. There. I oh, mean, of course, I, I totally I mean, understand. But, it's but just funny because here it's like so familiar stuff. So unfortunately, I think a lot of us here, especially in this country, nobody wants to take any chances. They they don't want to eat weird food or what. You know, everybody. Oh, I, that's familiar. I know what that is, even though it's. Not the best, but I think that's part of it. But when you live there and you haven't had that, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, so a question popped a in my head countries. because of that. If you are you into any of the cuisine from there, can you cook it? Can you? That's you have a tough favorite? stuff. That's yeah, I miss that, it. Yeah. I mean, I just can't get it. I I didn't learn. In my time, how to make pula, which is like the cinnamon roll. I tried many to make. Kinds of I tried to make the Norwegian bread. It literally, it's like this rye. It ended up looking. It took the whole oven. It oh, spread wow. out. Oh no! This <laughs> and they use a lot of dill, like for in terms of like in terms of bread, like in some parts of that area. I killed the tape talking about uh, Swedish bread. It was the dill that or got it. A lot of dill, dill huh? That's so we're picking up. This is a kind of this has happened before. That's why we're random. We're ad lib. That's why we get paid so much for doing this because we have to ad lib. <laughs> yeah, right. Learn line taming on the so side. So what? What was the traditional stuff you said you never learned to make? Or you oh yes, pula. 
Uh, they have like at least four kinds of pula. I'm not sure if Rob had pula while he was there, but you can get it. It's like a cinnamon roll, and they have several types of them. Oh. Um, and I learned all of the Finnish names because I would go down to my Sounds little cafe good. at the music school every day, and <laughs> like there's this thing in Sweden called fika, which is like coffee time at three. Okay. Um, they have the same thing in Finland, so like I'd always come down at like around three o'clock to do like my work at the music school, and I'll be like, I want like. Kaviya pula, which is coffee and pula. So you got your cinnamon roll nice. and your coffee every day. It was very nice. The afternoon uh, boost, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now I cannot live without this afternoon coffee. So. <laughs> you know that was the thing when I when I was in the when I did that tour back in 1980 or so. I went to Europe for a couple months and played, but different countries: so Norway, Sweden. I didn't go to. I went to Norway and Switzerland. And anyway, but the whole the whole afternoon. Okay, everything stops. I just really was enamored with that. I just thought that mm-hmm. is the greatest idea, because everybody you work a little later in the day, but but your afternoon you're not dragging your butt. That's all exactly the how I felt. I love yeah. that they had the coffee and cake time, and then we were all more alert until six. Yeah, we just, we I mean, it's, a it's, later. It's, it's, we're so high strung here that we nobody's <laughs> like go go go. You know, and nobody wants to stop. Fernando, do they have that also in uh, in your your town? No, no. Nobody no. sleeps in the afternoon. No. <laughs> Some people probably do and they don't catch them doing That's it. right. <laughs> in front of their computer screens at the office. But Alyssa, how did the whole Fulbright thing come about? Oh, well, I applied to study at Sibelius Academy because that's been my dream for many years. And I originally wanted to compile many uh, different Nordic countries' music into a resource, but it ended up just being Finland's, A, because of the pandemic, and B, because... You need a lot of time to do that and only had about nine months. So I applied for that in 2019 and I got it in 2020, but then it got delayed. Sure. So I, I started. Why. I, I know. About it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's funny because I also delayed me getting my Nickel Harpa because I had commissioned it in like March 2020 and I was like, yeah, I'll pick it up in September when I get there for my Fulbright. And that didn't happen. But I did pick it up a year later in September. They're all custom-made, one-of-a-kind kind of deal? You can only commission it. Yep. Yeah. People, you can't go into a store and buy You one. can't go to the Nickel Harpa store. you got to know a guy. Wow. And you got to know a guy and know his work. I wish there were more uh, women makers, I wonder, but right now it's only guys. <laughs> I wonder if John Bernanzio knows I mean, about actually, this. I mean, actually, I don't know. I just have a thought in my head. I want to go see Armin at the House of Guitars. He would have one. <laughs> no, John Bernanzio, that would be a good one. question. Uh, it would him. be a good question. But this is also how we talk about in terms of finding interesting music. How do you ever find a Pippa player? I know how, but you could tell. <laughs> well... I met O because... Pippa, by the way, she'll yell It's Pippa, yeah. yeah <laughs> I met her because I saw her at the market, and I saw her at Lala Quest, and I'm like, oh, another hook musician, so nice to see. And then I emailed her out of the room, like, hi, we both play weird world instruments, can we be friends? <laughs> That's then, an awesome line, by the way. Well, rather, we should collaborate, is what I emailed. Right. But basically, people are like, oh, how'd you meet? I'm like, I just emailed her and said we should be friends. <laughs> so, perfect. But yes, but we just played a show at the Little last night, and people always go kind of bug-eyed when they see Peepa and Nickel Harpa, but it sounds really great. You got the plucked and sustained, and it sounds really nice together. It goes actually. together like peanut butter and jelly. I suppose yeah. I can't be any more like I'll take a look I'm hoping against hope that someone put up a little bit of a video that folks do that Hopefully. I never do so I just never you do we only have our solo sets I think I don't even like I don't like them like I take one picture I might put it up but I always don't want to bother the musicians I figure <laughs> no I was a pain in the neck every time I'd go out I'd be taking pictures and shooting video and 
which was good because it was, you know, promoting and marketing and so on for the folks that were performing and, and drawing attention to them and whatnot. So it was all, but not having been out in a little bit with all of the post-pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, I got to re- rekindle that uh, that habit. And, you know, a little bit, just, you know. A little here, a little there, that's right. Worth it. But when did you record Chicory? Yeah, that, there... yeah that was... It came out in February 2020. I think I recorded it in December 2019, actually. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I use, I, I've called the Nickel Harp in my own layman's terms, like the duck-billed platypus of his, of his because <laughs> I just picture, because I'm thinking of the, I was thinking of the creativity of whomever did invent it or came together. Mm-hmm. Imagine taking, it's like almost going to like a, like a scrapyard and going, I'm gonna take apart from this, I'm gonna take apart from this. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it sounds. Do it. You know, why not? <laughs> Benjamin Franklin event. I can't think of the instrument. It was a weird instrument. Harmoni- harmonium? Benjamin Franklin? Oh, Maybe. But this is the Beethoven. glass harmonica. The glass harmonica, yeah. yeah. Wasn't it the glass harmonica? I think, I think did Beethoven and somebody else compose like one symphony using it? Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, we got to gotta pack check. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do a fact check. I'm pretty sure there. it's glass harmonica. I could be wrong. Could be. Right, Benjamin Franklin was the glass harmonica. But that's, I just love the thought behind it because it's not like, okay, a lot of times I think music originates because you, you find something to play. I can bang this, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Imagine that somebody with that mind going, okay, let's be, let's do this, put this here, put this here, see how it sounds. And I wonder how much trial and error went through it too to find something because they played the first time. Well, that doesn't sound very good. It sounds like a souffle collapsing Huh? Yeah. So our pro is looking it up, I think. Yeah, no, I wanted to see you got my uh, you got my interest peaked on the glass. But what is coming up next? Did you did you say you're releasing another album soon? Hopefully, it's it's chugging along very slowly. <laughs> there's been a lot right. of things. There's been a lot of things going on since um, I came back from overseas um, as far as transitions. So, but yeah, I I hope to be uh. recording um, a few tracks in October. And we'll go from there. I have some I also recorded in Finland that I'm, I'm getting mixed. Which is very good. Ken, what have you found? Yeah, no, in fact, the glass harmonica was invented in 1761 by uh, founding father Benjamin Franklin. Yay! So we're, we're totally good there. Um, fact check. Do you have, like, any, just, I really love classical music, but I'm not great knowledge, except for reading the ways of great composers. Do you have any favorite Sibelius uh, works? Favorite Sibelius works. Well, or what do you like? I hate that number one thing. Just like, what did you first find oh, interesting? Yeah. Um, well, the first symphony actually holds a very special place in my heart because uh, they played it at Ithaca College while I was there. But I feel like I just like most Sibelius. I actually had his entire collection in my old car for a long time. I was very into it um, when I was a junior in college. And so I know, like, I always be like, oh, I recognize that. That's a Sibelius because of that time in my life. But right now, I don't think I have any particular favorite. Just the first has a special oh, place in my heart. But this has been very enlightening and interesting. And thanks for being on. And we're gonna, oh. Ken, anything else to add? Greg? No, I'm good. Uh, what about you, Greg? Uh, well, <clears throat> I had a fun time last night. I played out in wine country there on Route 14 at the Tin Barn. Cool beat. Which is a very, very cool place, man. Very, very nice. They're great people. You got a view of the lake right there as you're playing. You seems know. to be a lot of venues that are open. A lot of wineries. Do yeah. The, they stay open until like 9 o'clock, which is odd for out there. But pretty soon, I got to believe all of them are going to be shutting down now with the weather, yeah. right? All these venues that have popped up down in the southern tier and yeah. the Finger Lakes area yeah. and whatnot. And where could we... 
if you want to get your, which you should get this, it's really good. But I want to hey. hear this. I'm very interested. In what yeah, I've never yeah, heard yeah. Anything, Greg's like, interested. Well, I've <laughs> but, never heard it. But do you have so a site or anything? You just get this when you play? Uh, you can get it at my shows. I have it as uh, part of my merch table, but you can also get it on Bandcamp. Okay. Under there you go. I still, I admit, I'm not really good like, with the technical stuff. Still, no like, worries. That's why still <laughs> you can also just go to my website, alyssafiddle.com, and you'll find there's a like, way to get there. There's like the best part. I saw you. Hey, do you have a CD? Bring some, yeah. to, bring some to Record Archive. They'd probably put them out for you. Bring. Oh, they, they will absolutely do that. They, they will do that as well. They have a whole section when you first walk into Record Archive that uh, is dedicated to local artists. CDs, yeah. not you, just yes, records. Yes, You'd right. actually be perfect, actually, for like Bob Stop Music Series. It's Tom always looking for different stuff right yep. Yep, yeah yep, him yep. too bob shop and record Archive. i actually saw i have to do a little plug charlie ballantyne was this uh, jazz musician from indiana and i love kurt vonnegut so what does he do he has an album named vonnegut and oh. i told him oh, it's I all just... on the songs and i told him go down if you make a left out of the bob shop go where mt bank is you'll see a plaque it's where Billy, the real Billy Pilgrim was born. Oh, jeez. Hmm. And he's like, I'll go see it. But he wrote, and so we were talking about, he was just fantastic. And it's like when you see somebody, you just get blown away going, how great. But speaking of that, uh, Alyssa was going to play for us, which you really, so what would you like to play? You can play whatever you want. Just tell us what it's going to be. Oh, I'm going to surprise everybody. I'm going to surprise everybody. Okay, we're going to surprise you. All right. So, you know what? Somebody's going to be out there going, I know the Nickel Harper well. I recognize that. Uh, <laughs> it's been done. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it. Very good. But thank you very much, Alyssa. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks uh, for having I me. I don't want to butcher your name, so like Ken's. <laughs> Fernanda. <laughs> there was something in the air tonight. <laughs> See, I did the same thing. He's been yeah. teased. Isn't that horrible when there's like a song? Well, first like time that, we were driving away somewhere, I'm singing up, there was something it is just in the here. air. Where's the only one? No one knows. Well, they don't know ABBA. No, they know. Do they know oh, ABBA? They know. Yeah. Well, thanks ABBA. We love Mama Mia. Thanks again for being on, Alyssa. Make yeah. sure you check out when she's playing. It's great. You'll have a fun experience. And if you ask her a question about her instrument, she's probably heard it before. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy. My name's Alyssa Rodriguez, and I'm going to play a tune for you on the Nickel Harpa from Sweden. This is Undukten, which is a piece by Eric Sahlstrom, who invented this instrument. <laughs> 